gives up never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love because on and on and on and on it goes for it overwhelms and satisfies my soul and I never ever have to be
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord says he's in this place. Reach out and grab a hold of what he has for you. It's not just a little bit, but it's mighty. He has a lot for you today. He has lots of things for you. He has healing of the body, healing of the soul, healing of the emotions today for you. Reach out and receive it. He is in this place. Hasana mahashadaka. Hallelujah. Lift your voices to the Lord and praise his name. 
Tanya, did you have one more? I thought so. We're not done yet, are we? <laughs> the splendor of the
one that created the wonders of the universe. He's the one that created us. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Our God is wonderful. Our God is marvelous. What other words can you think of, Betty? Our God is... Shout it out. Powerful. Yes. Worthy. Yes. Yes, Hallelujah. people. Bring it on. Shout it out. What else is our God? Woo. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Prince of Peace. Mighty One. The Healer. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Woo. Can you think of another one, Lee? Holy. Whoa. Our God is holy. Hallelujah. Woo. He is in this house this morning, isn't he? Woo. We came expecting, Brother Tom. We came expecting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Pastor Gary and I just came back from a conference in St. Louis. <laughs> and out of all the things they said, I caught a hold of this. A church in survival mode will never be in revival mode. So I stand before you today, and I say, what type of church do we want here? Revival. Revival. No more survival. I've had enough negativity. I've had enough people ask me when we're closing the doors. I've had enough people ask me who else is leaving. I've had enough. You understand it? Satan's under my foot. It's Amen. over with. We are in revival mode. Amen. Woo! Amen. Let's say it together. We are in revival mode. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have, oh, I love this part. You know why? Because the Bible tells us to do it. Right. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Y'all should have decided before you got here. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. I don't stand here and preach 20-minute sermon how you're supposed to give. God loves a, what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. Woo! <sighs> And Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Woo! Hey, honey, grab my purse. In the very front is the check. I've got to bring it up. <laughs> and one more. This one I use every Sunday. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Mm -hmm. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be room enough to store it. <laughs> of course you can't. <laughs> Your water. Any of you who has husbands, y'all know that little story. Can't find nothing in your purse. 
Good one, Paul. Good one. So let's hold up our offerings and let's give them to the Lord and say, God, these are yours. You gave us so much already. We're just giving some back. And we thank you and we do it with a joyful heart. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You know, <laughs> this morning, we had practice. We got Lee up here on bass. Thank you, Lee. He's our newcomer here. And there was practice, and everything was working well. And then when it was time to do praise and worship, the PowerPoint went out. <laughs> and I'm back there looking at CISO going, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't hinder God. Do what? Yeah, it don't hinder God. Our voices, he still hears. We're going to pray over this. Lord Jesus, multiply it, runneth it over, make it for all knees on top of knees, Lord Jesus. We thank you for, for the people who gave. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So our PowerPoint will not be working for my little bit of announcements I have to do real quick here before we have Dr. Tommy Combs come up. Next Sunday is Pastor Al's celebration of life here at the church. We'll have the uh, special guest speaker. Y'all got your bulletin. Pastor Harry Schmidt. Uh, he's the president of the Christian Life College of Wheeling, Illinois. He'll be here at the 10 o'clock service. There'll be a, a time for a brunch afterwards. And then following that, at 1, 1 will be the celebration of life for Pastor Al. Uh, 2.30 to 3.30, I believe, it was, 2 to 3 is the visitation afterwards. Everything can be found on Fitzgerald's Funeral Home website. So you can go on there, you can put your comments and so forth and read what's going on. But, you know, <laughs> Pastor Al is exactly where he's been wanting to be for a long time. He's up there with his wife celebrating. You know, we celebrated... Over 40 years here last year. What You remember what year it was? 40 some odd years? 45 years, right. That's right. 45 years here last year. And Pastor Judy and Pastor Al was here up until two years ago. Judy passed away and then Al um, went on to be in the nursing home and just passed. And we are grateful for our founders. 
but we don't die because our founders died. No, that's right. We still go forth because God is still going forth. God is still growing. He's, God is still moving. He wants something new and fresh here, and it is. It's not, we're in revival mode, people. You've got to get that in your spirit. Pastor Tommy, uh, Dr. Tommy is here today. <laughs> Next week, we have um, Pastor Harry. Then on the 28th, we have Heart to Heart with more praise. They're coming out of Branson, coming here. Whew, they will bless your socks off for sure on that one. So we are so grateful to have Dr. Tommy Combs here. He is from Door, Alabama. He has a ministry over 40 years. Uh, uh, he goes around, preaches all over the world. He has, uh, you still have a church? Or is it the ministry? It's the ministry on TV, isn't it? Yes, the I, I looked that up, the TV ministry. So anyway, I don't need to introduce you any farther. You come on up, Dr. Tommy Combs. We are grateful to have you. Oh, don't pedicate. Give God a praise. Go on. Clap those hands. You don't come in here to pedicate. <laughs> what an honor to be here. Anytime I can go anywhere and talk about my Jesus, I like to do that. I like to do that. Send you greetings from my wife, Linda. My son, Matthew, gave me them two great granddaughters. And my daughter, Sarah. Sarah's been married about 20 months, and I got twins coming in November. Twin girls. Spoke it at their wedding. Spoke it at their wedding and said there'd be twins in this household. Thank you, praise and worship team. Great job. It's great to praise and worship God. And thank you for the way you take up this offering, that you bring it to the altar where we all go to the altar for everything we do. And so that's part of that praise and worship. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Look it up on your cell phone, whatever you got to do to find it. Matthew chapter 18. We're here as part of Dr. James Horvath down in Rochelle. We'll be doing Signs and Wonders Conference. It will be tonight, uh, Monday morning, Tuesday, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. Different speakers are in town uh, in all the local churches around this area, and we'll be doing a healing service there on Tuesday night, and then uh, Wednesday night service is anointing oil service where they anoint everybody in the house, so That'll be a special, special time. So, so if you get an opportunity to drive down to Rochelle, to Dr. Horvath and Michelle's church, be part of that uh, Signs and Wonders Conference. We've been coming up. In fact, it was a Signs and Wonders Conference two years ago. This month, two years ago, that I prayed with a girl woman, 40-year-old woman, not a girl, 40-year-old woman with cerebral palsy that was getting baptized. She'd had cerebral palsy 40 years. She'd never walked in her life, never. She'd always been on braces or in a wheelchair or somebody helping her with a walker. And I prayed for her, brought her up out of the baptism pool, and she's still walking today. She walked around that. She, she, she was totally healed. So that's the kind of miracles that uh, God's in the healing business. He's never stopped being in the healing business, so, so we honor, honor God for that. I brought some books with me. The sale of these books helps us build Bible schools. We're on our fifth Bible school. It's going on right now in uh, Iquitos, Peru. Iquitos is right at the mouth of the Amazon River, and it, it 
of course, the Amazon flows from the west to the east. That way, it empties in one, from one ocean to the other ocean, basically. And we're building a Bible school there, so the sale of these books helps us build our Bible schools. We did both of these books with Sid Roth a couple of years ago, and they're books on the blood. Both books usually are 15 each. I got them today, two for, two for 20 so it's 10 apiece. So get, get $20 and get those books, uh, and it helps us build a church. And I bought 25 sets, so I expect my case to be empty when I leave here, uh, you know, 25 sets. Pastor Gary and all of these are your sets right here. God bless you. No, you're not going to buy it. If, if I can't bless a pastor, let me speak at the church, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> in, the, in the wrong business. I'm going to tell you something in just a minute that the Holy Ghost said on the second message. The second message that was given out by this young lady on this organ over here. And uh, the interpretation that was given is in this lesson right here. So, so I'll get to that as part of this sermon. When I heard that, I jumped with joy because I knew I was right on. Sometimes you got to know. Well, you know you're right on when the, when the Holy Ghost gives part of your message out in tongues interpretation before the service starts. So that is, that is awful good news. Anybody got direct TV? Direct. Not a person here got direct. Come on. I'm on direct TV tonight at uh, 730 Central uh, on CTN. Dish Network, same time. 7.30 p.m. on the Dish Network, channel 267. Roku Box, same time tonight, 7.30. Uh, or you can look it up on your cell phone. All you got to do is Google up ctn.org and go to live, and there I am, 7.30 every, Tuesday, every Sunday night. We've been on Middle East TV now for about five years with Sid Roth Ministries. We're in Syria. We're in Iran. We're in Iraq. We're in Egypt. We're, we're in all Lebanon and we're also in Israel. So, and they want it in English. They do not want it in their language. They want it in English for one reason. They learn to speak the language. By watching television, they learn to speak English. So, they want, so we preach it right in English without interpreter. And then two, six months ago, not two months ago, but six months ago, I went on King Television in uh, Pakistan and India, 300 million homes. 300 million homes on one network that we've been on there. So we Zoom called to 100,000 people about a month ago. Had 30,000 in the altar. 30,000 at the end of the service come to Jesus in one service. That's a Zoom service. See, when the enemy came in with COVID, we learned a lot of stuff we could do with the Internet that we didn't know we could do from churches. We, we didn't realize that we could stand right here behind this pulpit and it be on in Bangladesh. <laughs> but it can be, simply because of that stuff right back there. Lord, I come to you today and I thank you and I praise you and I honor you. I give you all the glory and honor for what you're about to do here because I can't do this. You'll have to do it, God, or it don't get done. So I give it to you. Heal those that need to be healed mentally, emotionally, physically. Heal their bodies today. Bless those who need to be blessed financially so they become financiers of the kingdom of God. God, we give you all the glory and honor. Move revival mode into this church. Put revival mode in everyone's mind. Put revival mode into this community. Put revival mode right now 
and let it spring forth like a new spring in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Now let me tell you what happened when we did the Supreme Court rule, Roe Wade. Everybody said, from every prophet I heard on television, from all across the nations, the prophet said, we're going to have a great move of God in this nation. It's going to start in California and move west. It's going to start in Florida and move to north. It was always talking about a great move of God that will sweep this nation. That is true. It is going to happen before the rapture takes place. Yes, we're going to have a great move around the world, not just here, but around the world. But I said, and I still stand on it, that move of God will not take place until we overturn Roe Wade. It will not happen. Because when Israel was a nation and they were putting babies in the stomach of a burning God and killing their own babies in Israel, God did not bless that nation. But when they stopped killing the babies in Israel, God blessed the nation of Israel with a great revival coming across Israel and they turned back to Jehovah. That's what they did. That's what's happening now across our nation. You see it. It's happening. When you went revival mode, you were exactly right because it's going to go across this nation in revival mode because now the nation is not in roadway business. The nation, individuals, that's up to you. You, you, it, you. We cannot stop that individually with a family, with a person But we can stop the nation, and that's what we did. Your tax dollars will not be used again to fund abortions. My tax dollars and your tax dollars will not be used for that. If a person wants to do that, they answer to God for that, not me. They pray about it. They do what they got to do, what's best for them, not me. I don't make that decision for them. Yes, we will have states that will not go in the way that the nation goes. Yes, California being one, New York being another. They will not go. You watch them in the next six months. You watch them in the next year. When they start this way down, those states will turn out to be the states that you and I don't want to live in simply because they won't be able to make it in those states. Because God is not blessed with that. But those states that stand for the ability of God, you'll see them prosper. And they will prosper. Have your Bibles. Go with me to Matthew 18, verse 18, 19, and 20. Yes, I was on my soapbox, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18, 19, and 20. You got it? Say amen. amen. That means everybody's got it. Here we go. Assuredly, verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's the most powerful verse I could teach you this morning about binding and loosing. You have that ability and you have that authority in Jesus' name. What you bind is bound. What you loose is loose in the name of Jesus. Not in your name or my name, but in the name of Jesus. That shall be done. Verse 19. Again, I say, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything. Somebody say anything. Say anything. I looked it up in a dictionary. You know what it means? Anything. Anything you ask. Somebody say ask. Oh, you got to ask. You got to ask. You can't think a prayer. 
You've got to pray a prayer. You can't think about it. You've got to speak it. Revival mode, you spoke it. You've got to speak it. Ask, and it will be done for them by my Father in heaven when you ask. And 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Anytime you see the word I am in your Bible, I am in a verse, I am, I am, I am, that's God's name. God's name is I am. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The guards came to get him. He said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. You know what he said? What was his answer? I heard one, say, one lady say it. Anybody else knew what he said? He said, I am, son. You're exactly right. The word he is not in the original writing. The word he is not in the original writings of the Jews that wrote this. King James put that in there for me and you. You know what Jesus said back? I am. Period. And they all fell to the ground. He had to let them up. He had to release them. Every one of them fell under the power of God when Jesus said that. God works in numbers. God's worked in numbers. Now I need some amens. Yes, go. Yes, sir. Amen. Let's God. Whatever. Go with me. God works in numbers. And three must be one of God's favorite numbers. Three. The number three. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's three. Spirit, water, and blood. That's three. Body, soul, and spirit, that's three. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, we should be shouting Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, but that didn't happen. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's three. Peter, James, and John, the three closest disciples of Jesus. John was the youngest, but John hung around Jesus all the time. I got a new book coming, my eighth book. I got a new book coming to be out in two months, maybe less, and it's talking about the fragrance of God, the smell, the smell, the fragrance of God. Anytime you smell flowers around this altar, it's God's presence. Any, any, anytime you get into the original, in the fragrance of God, the, the, the smell of the altar, when they burnt the, burnt the animals up, it went straight up to God. And he said, that Savior, I smell that Savior, the Savior of God. That is it. So John was always on Jesus' chest. John was always hugging Jesus. John was always around Jesus, the youngest disciple, about 20 years old. He was always around Jesus. And I said, when he was leaning on Jesus, he's smelling Jesus' body. He, you know, he was right on him. He, you could do that. It's called, three days in the belly of the fish, Jesus was. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, a miracle of God.
Jacob wrestled the angel. Jacob and Esau are meeting for the first time for 20 years. It's been 20 years since Jacob stole the birthright from Esau. Abraham, they think Abraham is going to die. Daddy's sick. And we don't know. So Esau and Jacob are having a meeting. Read it. Genesis 32. Esau is coming with 300 mighty men. Soldiers, if you will, that belong to Esau. The clan that Esau's running is coming to meet Jacob. And Jacob don't know what's fixing to happen. He may kill me. He may kill my family. He may wipe us out. Jacob, what does his name mean? Surplanter. Deceiver. Liar. If your name's Jacob, things have changed in our lives since then. So anyway, hallelujah. Watch what Jacob does. Watch it. It's in Genesis 32. Jacob comes right here and builds a campfire. And he puts his animals here and his family here. Everybody is right here camped for the night. Esau's coming. And they're camped right here. You got it? Esau don't stay here. Esau crosses the creek. And Esau comes right over here by himself and stays right over here. He don't stay with the family and the campfire. He comes over here and stays by himself. Now it is preached that he wanted to get in God's presence by himself. Not true. Jacob's name, deceiver, liar, planter. If Esau attacks, let me ask you where Esau is going to attack. Campfire. Family. Animals. Everything is over there except Jacob. Jacob is looking out for Jacob. He could care less about his family. He could care less about his clan. He could care less about anything else except Jacob. Because his mama taught him that stuff. Mamas, you better be careful what you teach in your children. But while Jacob is over here by himself, guess who comes by? We know it as an angel of God. That's what the Bible says. An angel shows up while Jacob's over here by himself. Study that word angel. It is not angel like we know angels. This is Jesus before he was born in the Virgin Mary. Jesus showed up right here. The Bible says an angel showed up. Read it, study it, back in the Greek, back all the way in the Hebrew. Jesus showed up right here. Yeshua showed up right here. And you know the story. Jacob just grabbed hold of him. 
That's what happened on that second interpretation. This woman gave the message. You interpreted the message, and you used the word grab hold this morning in the interpretation of the message. We're going to grab hold of God today, and that's when I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> grab hold and don't let go. That's what Jacob did right here. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Now listen, that's what you need to do and I need to do. You need to get in your bedroom and grab hold of God. You need to get in your kitchen and grab hold of God. You need to get in your living room and grab hold of God. You need to get in your car, turn that doo-wop off, turn that all sports off, turn that radio off, get you some gospel music on there, get my CD and listen to it, and you need to get in that car and you need to praise God and let God show up in your car. You know, I praise God at the red light. When I'm at a red light, I praise God. And you know when I go? You know when I go? You know when I leave the red light? Don't tell me when the light current greens. That ain't right. When the guy behind me blows the horn. Because I can sit there and praise God if he don't ever blow that horn. I just sit there. But when, Yeah, he's praising God too. Now, you, they used to tell me I was number one, but I don't pay no attention. You can't fool with people no more like you used to. Somebody used to cut me off. I'd throw my fist at them. Don't do that no more. Let them go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have a good day. Because the world has changed. Jacob is wrestling the angel. But you need to say, God, I'm not leaving this room until my son gets saved. God, I'm not leaving this room till my husband gets saved. God, I'm not leaving this room till that diabetes leaves my body. God, I'm not leaving this room. And stay in God's presence until you get a name change. Stay in God's presence till something happens in your life. Somebody help me preach. Write this word down. Hepto. H-E-P-T-O. H-E-P-T-O. In English. Hepto. You got it? In the Greek, it doesn't say Jacob grabbed hold of the angel. That's not what it says in the Greek. It says Jacob heptoed the angel. Hepto means to grab hold and don't let go. That's what the word hepto means. So in the original writing of this story that I'm telling you in Genesis 32, it says Jacob heptoed the angel. by God. Look at, look at all of this. Let me take a sidebar. Who was the boy that Sarah had did not have? Tamar. Hagar. Who was the boy's name? Ishmael. Ishmael. 
You remember that? He was 13 years old when he left because she finally had the baby that God said you're going to have. Joseph is thrown into pit by his brothers. They go back and tell Jacob he's dead. Joseph's dead. An animal kills him. A tribe comes down with the camels. The tribe comes Joseph's life, and Joseph got saved. The Ishmaelites saved Joseph's life. God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing on every step. And you think, oh, why am I going through this? Because it's your time to go through that. It's my time to go through that. We don't see the word hepto anymore. Do you get to Mark chapter 5? Write it down. Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, there's a man comes to Jesus and says, Master, my little girl is dying. I want you to come to my house. Just a moment, I got one I want to show you. This is what Jesus was wearing. Except his went all the way to the ground. This I paid forty dollars for this one in Israel. It's just short. You know how many strings are on here? You know how many strings are on the bottom of this? How many? Good answer, but no. 613. There's 613 strings on the bottom of this. Some of them are tied together with knots. You know why there's 613? There's 613 commandments that God gave Moses. Not 10. Not 10. 
Moses gave, God gave Moses 613 commandments. I got one you'll all love. Don't eat shrimp. Is that in the Bible? No. But you know what it says? Don't eat bottom feeders. That's what the Bible says. Don't eat bottom feeders. Bottom feeders are catfish and shrimp. You know what they eat? The trash at the bottom of the river. The trash at the bottom of the ocean is eaten by shrimp and catfish. Now let's all go to lunch and I'll get a bowl of shrimp. But that's in there. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. 613 strings because there's 613 commandments. You know how many knots are on here? See these knots? They got knots tied together. You know how many knots are on this thing? Now you give me an answer on that one. Huh? Oh, you'll, this is easy for you. This is easy. 12 is a good answer, but no. 39. Oh, that fits, don't it? 39 stripes. There are 39 knots on this. The colors all represent something. Kingdom, glory, honor, gold, hierarchy, you name it. All the colors mean something. So Jesus was a rabbi. When do we lose him? 13 years old. He goes to Bar Mitzvah. The family takes him to Bar Mitzvah. And that's when a boy becomes a man. When do we get him back? Age 30. Where was Jesus for 17 years? Where was Jesus between age 13 and age 30? In rabbinical school. It is the law that you go at age 13 and you graduate at age 30. If there's a Jewish temple somewhere around here in this city, somewhere, I don't know, close to y'all, that priest that's in that school, that's at that Jewish synagogue today, somewhere near here, started school and went to rabbinical school from 13 to 30. Then he graduates. Now, I preach at the Jewish synagogue in Birmingham, Alabama. It's a Messianic Jewish synagogue. They accept Jesus as their Savior. Guess where they won't let me stand? Guess. Right here. I can't stand here. You know why? I'm not a priest. I'm not a rabbi. You know where I teach? Where did Jesus speak in their churches? Where he wanted to. He took the pulpit. He stood at the pulpit. He stood in front of the congregation where only a rabbi could stand and preach. They would not let him preach anywhere else if he was a teacher. He was a rabbi. And they knew it. 
They knew it. Jesus is following Jairus. And a woman with an issue of blood, been bleeding 12 years, came up behind him and grabbed hold of this one. This top right one on the right corner, right here. She reached and grabbed these strings with this knot on it. And he said these words, who touched me? The, the disciples are all bodyguards. Move, please, move, please. Jesus is coming. Watch out. Get out of the way. Here he comes. <laughs> he said, who touched you? Everybody's touching you. You see, they believed in their heart. If they would touch his clothes, they'd be healed. And a lot of them got healed. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I felt dunamis. I felt power. I felt dynamite, dunamis. I felt that leave my body. Somebody withdrew from me. Somebody touched me. It was a woman with the issue of blood. And she got healed immediately because she said within herself, you see, today, when you need a healing, you know where you got to start? In here. You got to say it. Today, I'm getting my healing. Today, God's going to heal me. Today, you got to say it to yourself. You can't say it to somebody else. You got to say it to yourself. I'm going to be healed. The word in our Bible is the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. The word is not touched in the Greek. What is the word? Sir? That's right. I gave you the word. I told you to write it down. <laughs> it's hepto. The woman with the issue of blood did not touch Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood heptoed Jesus. In the original writing, it says the woman with the issue of blood heptoed the hem of his garment. Grab hold and don't let go. She got her healing. Now, wait a minute. What is Jairus doing? While Jesus is healing this woman with the issue of blood. What is Jairus doing? His little girl's dying. They're on the way to his house. And Jesus is over here handling this woman. He's talking to this woman with the issue of blood. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Jairus is standing over here going, Jesus, uh, would you hurry up please? Jesus, we got to get to my house. Jesus, come on. Jesus, please hurry. Jesus, my little girl is dying. Jesus, we got to go. And you stop it to heal this woman. I don't know this woman. I don't. It's like you in an ambulance. You got your grandbaby in the back of an ambulance, and the ambulance driver stops to help somebody else. What in the world are you doing, ambulance driver? I got to get this grandbaby to the hospital. What are you doing, stopping to help somebody else? That's what Jesus did. He stopped and helped somebody else. Then he turns to Jairus and said, come on, let's go. Now watch me. Jairus is not leading Jesus anymore. Jesus just goes to Jairus' house and Jairus is following him. <laughs> Jairus is following him. 
Don't bother the master anymore. Your little girl's dead. Do what? You don't need to bring him. You don't need to bring him no more. The little girl has died. You know what Jesus said? She's not dead. She's asleep. Asleep. He said the same thing about Lazarus. Lazarus's not dead. He's asleep. You see, sleeping to Jesus and sleeping to me and you is different. Dead to Jesus and dead to me and you is different. I was in Iquitos, Peru, in a stadium with 15,000. We start at 6 p.m. You know why we start playing the music at 6? So they'll come at 7. There's only one thing in the Hispanic world. Is they going to be late? So we all play the music at 6. Not everybody. We're going to play the music at 6. So everybody gets there at 7. If we didn't play the music at 7, then we'd get there at 8. I, I do the healing. I do this. I do that. I do this. I do that. I do this. I do that. It's 1030. I'm ready to go. I'm soaking wet. My socks are full of water. And they bring a dead woman and lay her in front of me at 1030. I said, what is this? She's dead. I said, say that in Alabama English. She's dead. I said, when did she die? Four o'clock this afternoon at the hospital. In that part of the world, they bury you that afternoon or in the morning at 6 a.m. There's no embalming. They bury you that same day or early the next morning. They brought her to my crusade and laid her in the back of the room from 4.30 to 10.30. Six hours dead. I looked at her husband, could not speak a word of English. I said, what do you want? He said, I want God to raise her up. That's the husband talking. I looked at her son. What do you want God to do? I want God to raise her up. I knelt beside her, knowing with oil, blew in her face, and God raised her up. It's been six years. It's been ten years. That's been ten years. I've been to her house, ate lunch with her. She cooked my lunch. A dead woman cooked my lunch. That's what God does. That's what God does. God just does it. They get to Jairus' house. Jesus said, she's not dead. Get these people out of here. They're in there mocking Jesus. Why you bring him far? Do this. Get them out of here. Let me tell you, I'll preach that right there. There's some people you need to say, get out of here. And some people in your life, you need to say, I'm done with you. I'm sorry. We cannot communicate like we do. I love you. I hope you go to heaven. I'm praying for you, but I ain't fooling with you. Get them out of your life. Some of it's family. Some of it's family. That you need to push them aside, get them out of the way. They don't even understand why you come to this church. They don't understand tongues, interpretations, and don't want to. Some people you got to push away to get where God wants you to get. Jesus kicks out those people, walks in that room. Now watch me. Does the Bible say he took the little girl by the hand? Is that what our Bible says? It does. It says Jesus took the girl by the hand and said, Talitha kami, little girl, I say to you, arise. That's what our Bible says in Mark chapter 5. That is not quite right. 
You could not touch a dead thing. You could not touch a dead animal. You could not touch a dead body. You could not touch anything dead if you're a rabbi. Hold your hand up. This is what he did. He wrapped that tallit around that hand and pulled her up and said, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she got out of the bed, totally healed in the name of Jesus. That's what he did. He wrapped the tallit right here at this right corner, which means healing in the house. And the girl rose up and is, was alive from that day on. Give God a praise in the house. Amen. Come on, give God a praise in the house. You have got to get in the very presence of God by yourself and help toe God. Say help toe. You got to help toe God. Help toe God. Help toe God. Get Holy Ghost in this house. He'll come in this house because you bring him with you. Verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree, somebody say agree. agree. Touching anything, say anything. They shall ask, say ask. You've done for them by my Father. It shall be done when I get two or three people to agree. Some churches can't agree what color carpet to put in the foyer. Some people can't agree if the men's bathroom is blue or the woman's bathroom is pink. Some people can't agree. They just can't agree. But you've got to come in agreement with God. You need to find you somebody to come in agreement with. You need to find you a prayer partner that you can hold by the hand and they can hold your hand and you can hold their hand and you come in agreement with them. You know it could be your husband or wife. It could be a pastor. It could be somebody in the church. But you've got to have somebody that will partner with me. How many got unspoken requests? Let me see. Anybody got unspoken requests? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All of you are wrong. All of you are wrong. Because that verse says you got to what? You got to speak it. You tell me how I'm going to help you pray about this. I don't know what this is. You know. God knows. But I don't know. I gotta hear you say it. Yes. Amen. You gotta hear your own ears say it. Amen. Well, I don't want everybody. It's good shepherd, right? Gentle shepherd. Gentle shepherd. Yeah. Close. <laughs> I don't want everybody at gentle shepherd to know what I gotta ask. This is private. This is between me and God only, and I am not gonna call that out in this church congregation. It's my family, and I'm not calling it out. Not a problem. That is not a problem. Get in your bathroom and close the door and call it out. Yes. Get in your car and close the door and call it out. Call it out to God so your own ears can hear you say it. Speak it. Nobody else has to hear it, but speak it out. That's what this means right here. Speak it out. Speak it out. Get a partner. If you don't have a partner, then speak it out. There are no such things as unspoken requests in the Bible. So don't do it anymore. If an evangelist comes in here, another pastor comes in here, a Sunday school teacher comes in here and says, anybody got an unspoken request? Don't raise your hand. 
You don't have to preach to him and say, Tommy Cone said, don't you ever. Don't, don't, you don't have to do nothing like that. Just don't raise your hand. Because it's not unspoken. It has to be coming out of your mouth because everything you ask, somebody say ask. You can't ask like this. You've got to ask by speaking it out. This book cannot lie. Two or three come in agreement. It's going to happen in your church. Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, verily, verily, I say to you, anything you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Anything you loose, this is the most powerful verse about what kind of authority you got in the name of Jesus. You can speak to death. I prayed for a man with cancer of the pancreas and cursed death. I said, death, you can't have him. How do you do that? I took authority over death. Jesus said I could do that, so I do it. I take authority over death, sickness, disease, cancer. I speak to you, cancer. Do you hear me? You gotta go. It's a spirit. And you gotta speak to it. Disease, listen to me. You can't live in this body no more. Get out of here. You gotta speak to it. You gotta talk to it. What you bind is bound. What you loose is loose. You have that authority. This church has that authority. And you as members, you have an authority in Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ, to speak these things. My kids are going to be saved. Yeah, I know my son's running drugs, but he's going to be saved. Listen to this one. You won't believe this one. Do you know the drug dealers in California pay tithe? They pay tithe. They were raised in the church. And they understand the principle of tithing. And they want God to bless their drug business. And you and I speak in tongues and don't speak no tithe. Don't pay no tithe. Wow, that'll preach. Drug dealers in California paying tithe to the local church. And, and people in the United States speak in tongues and don't even pay tithe. But tithing's not under the new plan. Now, you know, we're under, we under the new covenant. That's not part. Don't listen to Creflo all day long. I stopped about 20 years ago. And God broke me and whipped me and kicked me. And now I pay 20%. The reason I pay 20% is... I'm afraid he'll whip me again and make me go to 30. <laughs> so I'm at a 20% level. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. The Bible plainly says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's the enemy. That's Satan. He'll run Satan out of your house if you give. If you're a giver. Binding and loosing. Had a pastor friend of mine that was, went to his first mission trip in Africa in 1956. Flew on a little twin-engine plane, had about 40 people on it. And on the way back to New York, the front landing gear on that plane would not come out. The wheels wouldn't come down. Buckle up and get in this position. We fixed a skid this plane right across that one way. They foamed the runway. They brought the fire trucks out. 
We're going to skid this plane right down through this runway, and hopefully it will not blow up. First the thing they did was circle New York till they run all the gas out of the plane so it wouldn't explode. Then they're going to skid that plane down. The back wheels are down. The front wheels won't come down. My buddy unbuckled that seatbelt. Now, he was a big guy, about 6'6", six, six, 250, and started walking that plane praying, walking that plane praying like this. Little old bitty stewardess says, sir, you got to sit down. He said, I ain't sitting down. I'm praying. So I ain't sitting down. I'm praying. So he just kept praying, walking and praying, walking and praying. She went and knocked on the pilot's door, said, I got a crazy man out here. He will not sit down. Pilot came out, said, sir, you got to sit down. You got to buckle up. You got to get down because we fixed to wreck this plane. We fixed to land this plane. He said, I'm a man of God and I ain't sitting down. I'm praying. You know what the pilot said? Give him the microphone. The pilot said, give him the microphone. He got that little speaker microphone and he starts praying in it. Now everybody's hearing him. And you know what he prayed? That verse right there. What I bind is bound and what I loose is loose. That's what he prayed. He prayed that verse right there. God, I loose that front landing gear. I loose that front landing gear. I loose that front landing gear. He said, mash that button. They mashed that button in that cockpit and that front landing gear came out and they started kissing his hands. I tell you, they started praising the Lord and kissing his hands. He said, don't kiss my hand. I ain't no priest. I'm just a man of God. But that plane landed absolutely perfect because of that verse right there. What you bind is bound and what you lose is loose. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I thank you and I praise you for everything we have. But most of all for Jesus, the Christ. Jesus, you're the Son of God. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for healing Mentally, mostly, physically healing today. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Is anybody in the house, was, slip your hand up and say, Tommy, I'm away from God. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I need to get right with God, and I need to stay right with God. If that's you, just slip it up and put it right back down. Anybody? I'm not right with God. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I used to know God back years ago, but I've been away a long time, and I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Anybody? 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 Nobody. Okay. All right, look at me. That means everybody in this house is saved. Everybody in here knows Jesus as your Savior. Well, what does that verse mean that said 50 into, that half the people in the field will be taken and half will not be taken? What does that verse mean? What does that verse mean when there's eight people over here and four will go to heaven and four will not? Does that mean that 40 of you in this church ain't going? No. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you're going. And everybody in this house knows Jesus, so give God a praise for that right now. Amen. All right. I want to pray for those that need to be healed. This is what I do. So you help me and you come back and help me or whoever. Where's my lady? All right. She can play and we'll get some music and we'll pray.
Now, if I call it out and that's you, don't sit there. Because right now, here's what I'm going to do. The Holy Ghost just told me two minutes ago to call out toe problems. I hadn't called out toe problems in 10 years. If you got a toe problem, you come right up here. I'm talking about overgrown. I'm talking about toenails. I'm talking about any kind of toe problem. God's going to heal it today. Come on. Come on right here. Come on. Stand right here. You too. All right. You too. All right. See what the Holy Ghost knows? I don't know. The Holy Ghost just knows. Look at this. I got eight, 10, 12 people. Let's line up across the front right here. Amen. Come on, Pastor. You can help me. Pastors, both of you. All right. Let's, let's just start right over here with this one. Come on down here, guys. All right. What's your name? Bobby. Bobby, what we got? Anybody got fungus in their toes? Look at here, look at here, look at here. See, the Holy Ghost just told me that. <clears throat> All right, Bobby. Okay. How long have you been suffering with this? Uh, I'm not even sure, maybe a year. Year, no more. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, yes. I come for Bobby and his toe problem. It's healed today, never to have another problem. <sighs> oh, you got it good in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell me what you got. Teresa. Teresa, what you got? Fungus. Yeah, bring them that way, son. Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we pray for, yes, uh, say it again, your name. Teresa. Teresa, for fungus in these toes. I call it healed, delivered, and gone now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. in Jesus' name. Oh, your toes are healed. You got it, you got it, you got it. Yes, ma'am. I'm Chris. Chris? Um, I've had uh, bunions for bunions. many years, but also recently some numbness. and Numbness? Stuff. Bunions, yeah. and, the, and it's Chris. It Lord, I pray for Chris. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, the toes are getting healed in the name of Jesus. Bunions are gone. Pain's gone. Jeez, oh God, you got it good. You got it good. What? I just preached that. Authority over pain. Yeah, the toes, yeah. toes are getting healed. Mm -hmm. I know they are. Right now. Oh, there it That's is. Oh, you got it. Thank Jesus. you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank yeah. Oh, feel that? I accept it. That's it. I accept it. You got it good. Yes, sir. Paul, what you got? 